This podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Go to Onnit.com and look at the great selection of supplements. If you find something you like, press in code Joey and get 10% off delivered right to your house. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? It's Thursday, the 27th of the month, I think. Don't fucking quote me on that. The joint is brought to you by Blue Chew. Listen, the temperature's dropping, but your dick is going to go through the roof with our next sponsor, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet. All at a fraction of the cost. Take them anytime and be ready for when the opportunity arises. AKA, when you see a pigeon on the pond. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is it's all done online. No doctor's visits, no awkward conversations, no dick. Blue Chew tablets are made in the U. Survey and shipped in a, and shipped in a discreet package. So if you can benefit from extra confidence when it's time to sling dick, Blue Chew can help. Try Blue Chew for free when using promo code Joey. I'm talking about free when using promo code Joey. Just pay five dollars for shipping. That's it. This is your gift from Uncle Joey for Halloween. Trick or treat, cocksucker. <laughs> BlueChew.com code Joey for your la- for your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more important safety information. And I want to thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, my God. The joint is also brought to you by Displate. Add some class to any room in your house. They got millions of designs available featuring gaming, movies, and comics. And they have licensed designs from Star Wars, Netflix shows, and many more. Listen, I got the Bruce Lee one. It's fucking smoking. It takes 20 seconds to hang a display. No power tools, no drills, no fucking damages. Once you mount one, you can switch it out for a new plate in the flash. With every one that you buy, display plants a tree. Click the link in the description to see many of my favorite displays and save up to 29%. Get 25% off when you buy one or two. But if you buy three or more, I'm going to get you 29% off. Discounts will automatically be applied to your cart when you click or use code Joey. Go to display. They got some tremendous prints, and you're going to love them. You hang them. You take them down. You switch them around. That's display.com, code Joey. Or click into the link in the show notes. The joint is also brought to you by my favorite. I had to talk about them this week. Manscaped is here so you can keep your little candy corn smooth this Halloween. Listen, this week I trimmed my ball hair, my chest hair, my nut hair, the, the hair on my dick pole, fucking tip-top magoo. I had like an afro growing down there. It's over. No cuts, no fucking chafing, no itching. That's Manscaped Performing Package. They got everything. The lawnmower to trim your nuts, the weed whacker to trim your nose, and the e-head trimmer to get the fucking ear rocks out of your ears. They offer skin safe technology to protect your delicate fucking holes. And it's waterproof so you can fucking trim your nutsack and your eyebrows and your nose hairs in the fucking shower, you filthy motherfuckers. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their package. Boxes and the shed travel bag with a little secret compartment in between. Get 20% off and free shipping 
with Kojoey at Manscaped.com. I'm sick of talking about Manscaped. There's the best fucking product out there, and your balls need to be fucking taken care of. How many more times do women have to look at you with that look on their face like you just fucking farted, even though you got a butt plug in your ass? I'm going to get you 20% off and free shipping with Kojoey at Manscaped.com. Manscaped, clear out the leaves. It's your tree trunk's time to shine. Let's get this motherfucking party started, cockduckers. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? Uncle Joey here. It's Thursday the 20, whatever the fuck it is. I don't even know anymore. You know, listen, the last couple, for years, we did them on Mondays and Wednesdays. But you know what? It's time to shake things up a little bit. I think we're going to keep fucking Thursdays. It's uh, better for my schedule. I'm happier. Mike is happy. We don't have to rush back in here two days later and come up with shit to talk about. And uh, I just feel a lot better doing it. It's been a great week so far. I uh, went to Princeton Longevity Center. If you have a parent or a grandparent that is kind of fucked up like me and you want to get to the bottom of what's going on with that motherfucker, send them to Princeton Longevity Center. All jokes aside, the doctors were great. It's like a fucking all-day camp of your, 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 everything is about you. You go in there, first thing they do, they don't even talk. They hit you with a COVID test. Then they hit you with a fucking, uh, they take out like 18 tubes of blood. I did not pass out. And then from there, you go to a fucking other room and they stick a whatever in you, an intravenous thing. Yeah. And then they put ink in you and they do your fucking heart. Then from there, they put you on another table and they measure your bone density and all this shit. Then from there, they put you <laughs> in another fucking table and they screen your whole body a, a full body fucking screen then you go into the room and you eat your little snack they had some shit to eat but papa bought a grilled cheese with avocados you got to keep that saturated fat good i brought a little fucking coke zero and then you go back again and now you sit with the doctor and he fucking talks to you about it i had to bring a sheet of fucking paper with everything that was wrong fungi toenail my dick smells funny you know fucking uh, itchiness rashes i brought every fucking thing i could possibly in there you sit with this motherfucker for two hours when was the last time you sat with your fucking doctor for two hours go ahead i'll wait never two fucking hours he went over everything a hernia we closed up with the 
finger in the ass. Now, let me tell you something. I usually don't like the finger in the ass, but it's been four years, and when you guys get older, you'll worry about the finger in the ass. On top of that, I chew fucking tobacco, and I smoke reefer, so I piss a lot. So I, I thought there was something wrong with my PSA and my fucking colon. Bam! That motherfucker stuck a finger in there while I was in there. He goes, everything feels all right here. He popped that finger out, one of those... One of those things where he pulled it out with the... Wait, let me tell you something. When you get a finger in the ass from a doctor, he puts a glove on. So right away, you're like, is this Ju is this fucking Judas Priest's hand? Is this a singer from Judas Priest? It's like a little latex glove. And then they put like a gay sperm on your finger that don't work. Like it's like a lube. That, yeah, it's like... No, nah, it's not Vaseline. It's like a real lube. And when they put it in your ass, you actually hear the lube go... Like you hear that. Trust me, the first time... I got a finger in the ass. I had to cancel all appointments for the rest of the day. It was it was mind-boggling because he was rubbing my back and he just fucking put it in there without telling me and it just fucking striked me. Like, do you ever see the ape in trading places when the guy fucks, when the ape fucks the fucking guy in the ass and his eyes open up with the ape soup? It was just like that. I almost fucking fell off the fucking table. That time I had to cancel everything and go home and sleep for six hours from heartbreak and fucking, uh, you know, depression because when you got a, a finger stuck up your ass and it comes out of nowhere, it fucks with your head. But yesterday's finger in the ass, let me tell you something. I believe everything starts with the mind. You got to see it before it happens and all that shit. I think the same thing happens when you go for a, a fucking uh, a random check on your asshole. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I got the call like Thursday I was going to go. And by Friday, I started having like, I felt, I started to feel bloated. I took the protein pot. I, I doubled up on the fiber. By Sunday, I felt really bloated. Monday, I couldn't even fucking eat dinner. I had a bowl of soup for fucking Monday night dinner. <laughs> Tuesday, when I went in there, I took a little shit in the morning. Just like a little one. It looked like a little fucking cat shit. But let me tell you something. After that doctor stuck the finger up my ass, it was like Moses' finger. When he popped out of my ass and he goes, everything feels all right in there. I put, he goes, you get dressed now. I go, doc, we're not even getting dressed. We're going straight to the fucking bathroom. I went to the bathroom and my ass opened up like that fucking river Moses parted. I must have had eight pounds of shit in there. And the last piece that came out of my ass stood up. It just stood there. I went to wipe my ass and I bumped into it with my finger. I had to get up and wipe my ass and beat that fucking stick down the goddamn toilet. So it was a great day, guys. That's what I'm trying to say. Then they put you in a fucking visual thing after that. Then they test your fucking hearing after that. Then they fucking take you to a gym. There's a gym in the facility, and they stretch you, they test your arms, they fucking your chest, you lift some weights, they put you on a fucking stress test, they do the whole thing. And then the guy gives you like a pseudo workout, and then at the end of everything, you go back in, you see the doctor for another fucking hour, and he tells you what you need to do, he gives me prescriptions, I gotta take an echocardiogram, I gotta take a few shots, a monococcal ammonium shot so I don't get a flu for old people, I gotta take the other fucking shot. I got a prescription for some cholesterol shit. Even though my cholesterol was not bad, he says he could use it to work on my knee arthritis and it'll take away the knee arthritis a little bit. So, hey, it was a winning day for everybody. But I got to tell you something. I almost didn't go, guys. You know I'm a fucking pussy. I woke up. My The car was picking me up. The Uber was picking me up at 7.30. Do you know what time I was awake at? 4.30 a.m. Sitting there. You couldn't drink coffee. I couldn't chew nicotine gum. All I could do was sit there and drink fucking water. By 6.30, I'm like, man, I'm going to cancel this. Mm -hmm.
because I'm never going to make it to fucking 8.30. I'm never, and it's a 40-minute drive. I'm never going to make it. But I said, you know what? I'm going to go in there, try my best. She took out, I don't know how many fucking tubes of blood, and it felt fucking tremendous. I didn't faint. I didn't even break a fucking sweat. I had Die Hard the Hunter on, on fucking my phone. I always used to have Santana. That was my fucking official blood drawing fucking song. But my iPod went fucking dead, so I got this, uh, I got Pyromania on my phone. I got a couple ACDC albums. I think I even got a U2 album on my phone. That's it. So I played fucking uh, Die Hard the Hunter. And uh, what's the other jam that they got after Die Hard the Hunter? Not Too Late for Love, but Stage Fright. That's a great fucking jam. And that was it. And I'll tell you what, man. When I walked out of there, I felt 100% better. Like the shit I was worried about, my lungs, the fucking asshole, or all that stuff I was worried about, I'm good. I'm good. I thought I had cancer. You know, when I went in there, they found the kidney stone, but it's a very small, small, small one. He doesn't want me to worry about it. There was a little plaque, a little bit of plaque in my leg, a little bit of plaque towards my heart. That's what the thing is for. But guess what? We get to live another day, guys. I got to lose a little weight. And uh, he said, my diet is great. All my numbers were fucking great. Like on the blood test, it looked a lot better than I would anticipate. Like I said, 30 years ago, I wouldn't give a fuck about any of this. But now I got somebody else to think of. So you do what we do and we try our hardest. If it means not just drinking soda and eating more fruit and having a salad a day, I guess that's the route we're going to have to go until we fucking, you know, like I said the other day, guys, 60 is not an age that you should be concerned anymore. It's, guys, take a look at Tommy Lee and 20 other guys that are fucking 60 and they're living a life, guys. I mean, look at these musicians. They're going out on the road. 20 years ago, you never saw a fucking musician over 70 really go out. Yeah, like George Burns with the comedy who was old, but Tony Bennett fucking picked it up. He's like 95, you know. Mick Jagger, some of these guys are 78 and are still fucking touring. I think uh, Roger Waters. So, guys, you got to love all this shit. On another note, uh, I ended therapy on Monday. Like I told you guys, it was after a year and a half. You know, man, I feel so fucking hypocritical talking to you guys about this because, I don't know, there was, for years I was very hard-headed and I felt like if you went to therapy, it meant you were weak. Like, I, I, that's why I really had a hard time with it all the time. Uh, when, I, when I was young and I was in the halfway house, they tried therapy on me, and I just get into arguments with this lady because it was like she wanted to pick a scab. Like, that's going to help you in any way. And then when I went to prison, there was like therapy groups, and I could deal with those, you know. 45 minutes, you either talk, you listen, you learn something either way. But when it's just you and a psychiatrist, I don't know. It, it gave me the wrong, uh, I, I don't know. It just didn't feel right for me. I always said that if you have good friends, you don't need a fucking psychiatrist. But uh, when I got off the fucking plane, I just didn't feel good. You know, it went on for a few months. And then I realized what was bothering me. And I took some therapy to help me chat it out. And there were so many things I thought I wanted to do with therapy, so many answers I thought I got. And after a year, I got to tell you the answer I did get. I mean, the reason why I called the therapist in the first place was because I had spoken to a couple of my friends, and at that time, I was a little fucking uh, off on the comedy. 
And I couldn't understand how a person could put 30 years into something, love something as much as I did, be out every night by 7 fucking 30 at night because they couldn't wait to burn down a fucking stage. And now, uh, you know, I'm here. Uh, and I don't want to do every night. I would always check my sneakers and say, well, do I want to go out tonight? Not really. I guess I'm going to watch TV and smoke some pot. And that lasted a year and a half before I had any inclination at all of doing stand-up. But the reason why I got back to stand-up was because of that, this therapist that I was speaking to, Dana. We just went back and forth about it. And she, she made me do homework on it, as bad as it sounds. And I went back to stand-up through her to see what I felt. She goes, let's give it a fucking test. Let's see how you feel. If you don't feel good, just never go again. And now I'm to the point Aaron Berg is down at the uh, Uncle Vinny's tonight. I'm thinking of going down there and seeing him. Uh, you know, I can't take a date anywhere in Jersey until my Philadelphia date gets done. So I just could do little workouts. So that's why I haven't booked anything at Uncle Vinny's, not because I won't go down there. So Aaron Berg's down there. The guys from Cobra Kai are down there next week. Uh, Brent Ernst and the Arab guy. I did fucking that show with him. Not, not. I didn't do Cobra Kai with him. I did another show where I played the Meatball King with him. I forget mm -hmm. what the name of that show for Disney X X set. But uh, no, she. We set up a deal, her and I. And she's like, I just want you to go and do ten minutes, just to see how it feels. And her and I walked hand through hand with this. I didn't tell you guys, but in my mind, this is what we were doing. And I would check with her, the, like, we, we, those eight weeks, I talked to her every fucking Monday. And we would go over my plan for the week. I'm going to go out on Thursday. How would you feel last week? And, guys, this is, uh, I had to go back to basics because I was going there just to pick up a check. All I cared about was Saturday night when the promoter handed me a check. I didn't care about really being there. All I was going there was for the money, and I didn't like it. I did comedy. I did comedy for free for fucking 20 years. For free. I would pop up and do a set, 20 minutes, so money was never the thing. I always knew the money would come. But somewhere along the line, when things started getting busy and the comedy took off, guys, from like 2016, 2017, I was writing. I was trying to be the best comedian I can. But I got to be honest with you, I wasn't enjoying it. I don't know why. Some people, I enjoy the struggle. I always have. You know, it got too easy. I was getting audiences that were coming to see me. I could say whatever I want and get a laugh. So it just seemed a little off. And that's why when I shot my special for Netflix, that fucking thing was off. Because I knew that I couldn't go to the comedy store. They were going to laugh no matter what. If I went to the comedy store and just got up there and hit myself in the head with a yellow page, they would laugh for fucking 15 minutes. That's how that place was mentally programmed. So I started taking chances and going down to the Laugh Factory in Long Beach. Which <coughs> the problem with the Laugh Factory in Long Beach is that nobody laughs at nobody down there. Those people go in there for free. They just sit there waiting for a free drink and shit. And I would go to Flappers in Burbank, and they have a little bit more, I don't know, younger Burbank yuppie crowd so my sets wouldn't be good in there in fact whenever i go in there i definitely walk through people if there was 30 in burbank i'd walk through people and i'd always hear two or three Ugh, you know like oh my god did he really just say that i'm like yeah i said that but i didn't enjoy doing that no more i didn't enjoy listen i enjoyed the planes you know i loved the airports and shit i loved the towns i was going to 
But the whole stand-up thing was just, it wasn't working for me at the time, so I wanted to give it a breather. That's why I was so fucking excited when this uh, residency opened up in New York City because it was a six-month residency. That's it, no more, no less. And again, we covered it. We go, you're going to do all fucking six months. You're going to do Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia. And then I want you to sit, take a month off. And I want you to really fucking evaluate what you felt. And that's fair with me. That's tremendous with me. We never talked about a movie coming up. We never talked about TV. This whole thing was how I could be better, adapt, and be a better comedian if I wanted to go that route. And so far, I'm having a good time in New York. It's fun. The drives are fun. Seeing Mike and everybody down in the green room is fucking great. Do I want to do it every weekend? Nah. But I enjoy doing it. The one, you know, Wednesday. The next one's on a Wednesday. The one uh, Wednesday or the one day of the month. That's what I really enjoyed. But I got to tell you what, that came out of it. That came out of us working like a team. And that was perfect, you know. And I really enjoyed that's what we did. That That's all we discussed. There was nothing else that was really bothering me. I could sit here and tell you, this is bothering me. That Nothing was bothering me. I just wanted to get to the bottom of what I, why I was feeling how I was about stand-up comedy. But then I read something when I did the last uh, ad on Monday. I read a very interesting line there, Pitch. You know, they alternate pitches. And this line has always been fucking, uh, it's always made me raise my eyebrow that sometimes you can fixate on a problem for so long that you don't take the time to find the solution. You know, I thought about that line and what they meant by that. I had a little situation a couple nights ago. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, one of the parents and his wife, and I was talking about a situation. Just uh, in L.A., something that had happened that the guy never fucking uh, didn't have the balls to talk to us anymore. He fucked up, but he decided just to, and he told my wife, this, like we were talking about, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And he told my wife at the last practice, he goes, you know, I've been watching Joey. And I dig Joey, but I think Joey has a little PTSD from L.A. <laughs> He told my wife, I thought about it, and I'm like, she goes, are you upset? I go, not at all. I go, holy fuck. That seems about right. Oh, my God. How can an outsider come up with the answer I was looking for? <clears throat> I, I knew I'd been a little upset at times, not angry or really upset, but just like, what the fuck was that? When he said that to me, I fucking called him. I'm like, hey, man, that is the most brilliant thing anybody has said about me. I go, what made you say that? And he goes, Joey, we go to dinners. We take the kids to fucking ice cream. We play softball together with the kids. And he goes, I got to tell you something. I, me and my wife admire you because you're so old school. You, you stick to your values. This is what you want to do, you know, and the people that you admire. The people, how you treat people and how they treat you around and how you admire people in that way. He goes, that's a very old school thing. And people don't do that no more. And it fucking, it hit me in the head like, Jesus Christ, this guy got me figured out. And i tell you what I thought back to. I thought back to when the night Rogan called me. 
The pandemic was in full fucking force. I hadn't seen him in fucking months, you know. It wasn't until like July or, or June when I did the podcast and it was fucking, it was very uncomfortable, you know, with the fucking COVID. I was nervous. But I'll never forget that we spoke like two months after that. It had to be like July. And he called me up one night. It had to be 11 o'clock. And he goes, Joe, you got a minute? He goes, I'm moving to Austin. And I'd like to buy you and Brian a house and get our lives together down here and do all this shit. He wanted to open up a club. And he had great ideas. And, you know, I love Joe. I love Joe. And if it would have been any other time in my life, there would have been no hesitation. He got 100, 200 million from fucking Spotify. He offered me a little fucking chateau in Austin and shit, raising ducks, whatever the fuck it was. I'm like, this sounds perfect. This would have sounded perfect 10 years ago. But I go, no, I'm going home. I use those exact words. I'm going home. He's like, why the fuck do you want to do that? And I'm like, bro, I just got to go home for a while. You know, I really just got to go home. And he kept saying, why? 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 And my answer at the time was, we got this COVID. We got shit going on. We don't know where we're going. And I think that it's hard enough being out here by yourself with no family. It was just three of us, Steve Simone, Lee, Eric Rocha, Diagostino. We, you know, it was... Uh, I go, it's not a time to be out here dicking around without family and without... Now, you guys will say to me, well, you consider Joe your family, you consider Bert and all those guys my family. They're my family, and I love them dearly, those guys. And I love Felicia, who's going to be at the show next Wednesday. I love George Perez, who will also be at the show next Wednesday. I, I love these guys, and not, in no way was I disrespecting them. But i tell you what my big problem was. My... Me saying I wanted to go home was another word for me to go. I wanted to be around my people. I wanted to be, it had been, you know, 23 in LA, two in Seattle, and fucking 12 in Boulder, and Aspen, and Colorado, and prison. I've had enough. I've had enough. For, for 30 years, I've been sucking in other ideals and learning. Learning, honest to God, you learn. You can't be a fucking gorilla and live in Aspen. And you can't be a gorilla and live in Boulder. They'll throw you in jail like they did to me. And it teaches you how to be a little soft, how to be more compassionate with people. And then you go to a place like Seattle where it rains every day and they're still upset about fucking uh, Nirvana. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, we don't know what we're going to do without Chris Cornell or, or whatever. Or... Uh, you know, Nirvana, whatever, and, and that was a complete different head, and I imposed my will, I did the best I could, you know, to fucking uh, make it happen, but at the same time, you're not home, you're not around your people, you know, and I'm not talking about yoo-hoos or a slice of stupid fucking pizza or some potato chips, that's, that's superficial shit, I was looking to get back to normal, I just wanted my life I didn't want to think about that stupid shit no more. A movie, a, a spot, I got to take a plane. I was over it. But I think what pissed me off the most was just the people. I was done. I, I, was, I was not used to what I had been around for the last 20 years. I got to be honest with you. I sit back now, and I won't tell you who, but there's 15 people that I left in L.A. that I was friends with 
that under any other circumstances, any part of my life, I would never be friends with these people. Like, I would have never allowed them in my house 20 years ago. Not, never, not never. I mean, I wouldn't, did not want these fucking people around. That's, and when I got here, our lives fucking ended. Those people that I'm talking about do not contact me at all. That was, it's crazy. I'm not, and I'm not, listen, I talk to Theo. Bert calls from time to time. Tom calls from time to time. Bill, you know, these are all great guys. But then again, I always felt like an outsider there. I always felt kind of alone because, you know, I always had to explain my fucking, my whenever I did something because I was fucking pissed off, I always had to explain why I had done it. Do you not understand? Do you not? Are we not looking at the same fucking thing here? Are we, not, are we not looking at the same fucking thing here? You know, for fucking eight years, I went on the road with Joe Rogan. I can tell you, honest to God, let's just say conservatively from 98 to 2007. <clears throat> until Joe went on the Maxim tour and he met Tom and uh, Eddie Murphy's brother. I was on the road with Joe constantly. I dedicate. I didn't care. He took care of me. He nourished the funny. And he was great to work with. He was my dog. I didn't care what date. I didn't care where it was. I'm coming. But every fucking time we landed in a city, to my mother's fucking grave, to my daughter's eyes, I'll swear on a fucking stack of Bibles, every fucking city, every fucking weekend, I'm trying to get Ari on here next weekend to promote his new CD that's coming out in the second. And I'll run it by Ari. There wasn't a fucking weekend we didn't go away where somebody came up to Joe and go, hi, or a manager at a club or another comic would bring that comic over to Joe and go, Joe, this guy wants you to tell me his story. What's the story? <clears throat> About a year ago, I was an MC and Carlos put me on stage and I did a joke about plumbing and a year later I saw it on Carlos HBO special or something to that effect. We heard that same story. Every fucking weekend when we went out. Every fucking weekend. When we went out, we heard some motherfucker come over to us and the stories were real. They were true. These people were not making these stories up. And it was always a feature act, an MC act. It was always something like that. And I'm not saying nothing bad about anybody. I'm just telling you what we fucking witnessed, okay? Every weekend. I still remember being in Miami. A comic down there got robbed. We went to... Uh, Columbus, a comic there got robbed by car. It was constant, okay? Then in 2000, you know, now that we're talking about him at the store, he was doing shit at the store, like he did a Christmas fucking show, Carlos, and he hired four comics, and the show started at 8, and the first comic didn't go on stage till 11.30. Carlos stayed up there for three and a half hours. You know, it was just things that you do as a shitty fucking comic, a shitty person. And I have nothing against Carlos. I'm just trying to make a point here. I don't. I don't have nothing against Carlos. This is, this is history, so you guys can learn from this. And then we got back to L.A., and, and you know, every other week at every other fucking club, the, the comedy magic club, wherever, you would hear it again. Carlos stole my joke. It was like he stole everybody's fucking joke. And then he was causing havoc at the store. And then he robbed Ari's fucking joke about the immigration, the war. Okay. So now, you guys all saw that fucking tape. Okay? He, he went up there on a Saturday night, took the mic from him, whatever the fuck happened. I wasn't there. 
But listen to the applause from the comics in the back. Listen to the audience. Listen to all that shit. People, I mean, you know, it's like right now people bitch about Biden. Biden, 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 Biden's no good. Biden's no good. We can't wait. We can't wait. And then we got some Chinese president. And you guys start bitching. You know, you you got rid of Biden. I mean, what the fuck do you want? It's People are never satisfied. So what happened a week after that went down? After a week of eight years, people coming up to Joe Rogan. Not just me, not, you know, in front of me. There was 22 more. <clears throat> Rogan got labeled as like a bad guy. He got thrown out of the store. His agency left him. And after about a week, comics were like, there was supposed to be a boycott at the comedy store. Mitchie Shaw called and said, whoever boycotts me is out of the store. The boycott was ended. Nobody fought for Joe Rogan. Nobody did nothing. Let me tell you something. I paid attention to that. That irked me for fucking years. That was one of the reasons I stopped going to the store. That was one of the reasons why I got away from comics. I said, if they do that to him, what will they do to me? So for eight years, this poor kid, everybody went to him every weekend. And when I have Ari on here, we'll go over this. Every weekend, they went after Joe with Carlos felt my bit. Carlos, I'm in therapy now. You know, it was every fucking weekend. So finally, the guy sticks up for everybody, and everybody just walked away from him. He got thrown out of the, He got banned from the store. And that's why I said, I don't need to go down there anymore. This is the fucking common take. Let's go to fucking uh, 10 years later. I'm not at the store no more. But every weekend, I keep hearing about this fucking dumbass fucking comedian that keeps doing stupid shit up at the store. Dumbass motherfucker. We don't need to mention his name. Why give him the fucking satisfaction? <laughs> Dumb motherfucker. Goes down there, he's laying claims, he's bumping people, he's calling the booker who can't go up before me. Just shit that you wouldn't get away with that only a shitty human being would do to other comics who you considered your friends. That's why today the guy has no fucking friends because he shit on every one of his friends. He's out there living in Vegas by himself. Who gives a fuck? But this guy would always cause havoc and every week I would fucking hear something. Or every two weeks, this motherfucker did this. First off, he went at me one night. And I was all coked up with the talent coordinator. And I didn't know what they were talking about. So before I lost my fucking cocaine and had to go to jail, I let it slide. It's not until I got sober that I went down there the next day. And I go, what the fuck were you motherfuckers talking about? And that's when I realized what they were trying to do. And I said, you know what? I don't need this in my life no more. Ten years later, I go back to the store. And he's down there fucking laying claims again. I don't say nothing to the guy. Until one night I hear that he's calling the fucking phone booth telling them not to put Joe up, to let him go up before Joe because all, who does that? Who fucking does that? It's like, dog, I haven't laughed harder in years, but this is how fucked up the world is, okay? So Marky Wahlberg made a video on Instagram because he was supposed to go to a gym in North Carolina, some bumfuck place at 3.30 in the morning and there was nobody there to greet him. So he made a video and it became a Yahoo story because Marky Wahlberg wanted to work out on a Saturday night or whatever fucking it was at 3.30 in the morning and he made an appointment and nobody was there. He made a fuck. Are you fucking kidding me? 
Go do jumping jacks, you stupid motherfucker. I know you're cat, but go run. Go do something. You're going to make a video and shit out of fucking gym because you want to lift weights at three in the fucking morning. Go fuck yourself. You're a millionaire. Go to the hotel like everybody else. Do curls. Swim in the pool. I don't give a fuck. But this is where we've gotten to. This is the mind of the celebrity. I'm here, standing here, and I like Marky Warburg. I love his movies. I used to see him at church. I saw him at cryotherapy. You know, I'm here at 3.30 in the morning, and I want somebody to open up the gym. Go fuck yourself. I wouldn't get, If you called me and said Marky Warburg is going to the gym at 3.30, you need to be down there. Listen, I don't care if Jesus was coming with a band. 3.30 in the morning. Come at 7 like everybody else. 3.30 <laughs> in the fucking morning. Oh, Jesus Christ. But if they can't be different, I don't work out in the afternoon. Huh? <clears throat> I work out at 3.30 in the morning. Okay. So that's what these motherfuckers at. So back to the story. I get back to the store. This guy's still causing fucking havoc. Now he's angry because we're down there. And he's talking behind our back. He's talking shit on the comedians. And one day I asked him what the fuck was up. Joe asked me how come the store was better on a podcast, and I laid it on him. Because that motherfucker don't go down there no more. He's a punk-ass bitch. And all hell broke loose. And I went after the guy online. Fuck you. His wife got involved calling me fucking names. I called her a fucking cunt. And next thing you know, everybody's happy. Thank People coming to me. That's the way to go after him. Thank you, man. That guy was a dick. And a week later, I'm hearing from fucking young comics, man. That was wrong how you did that. Even one of the guys that was telling me like inside information about him came to me. He's like, man, and I, I'll never forget what I said to him. Man, I can't believe you're a little rough on him. I go, if you would have had balls to do it, I wouldn't have been in that position. I wouldn't have been in that position. But even that whole calling out thing or whatever, I stuck with Joe, man. Joe got thrown out of there. I don't need to be down there. These are things that people from home do, not people from, that's the mentality. That's how, all for one and one for all. Who's your best friend? Not the guy who's talking shit about you, the guy that's sitting next to you in the fucking cell. That's your best friend. When I look up, he's sitting next to you. He took a fucking chance too. He didn't give a fuck about anything. And this is, like that day when they said that to me, like, ah, uh, you were a little fucking heavy on him. Well, if you would have done your job, I wouldn't have been here. But all you motherfuckers wait for somebody to do your job, and then you condemn them. I was sick of all that shit. I was sick of every time you, you know, from the fucking Carl's Jr. commercial, when I had to go with that director. Wait, that's the first time that happened to me? That used to happen to me every fucking week with people who would have an uppity hand. Like, they think they're uppity. They're better than you. Oh, my God. We, we just came from eating hummus pancakes. Wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. You just can't eat hummus with chips? You're eating hummus fucking pancakes. So when I said I wanted to go home, it didn't necessarily mean that I wanted to come back to Jersey and jump up and down with these yahoos. It meant that I wanted to get together with people that looked at life the same way I looked at it, that wouldn't sell their soul for a fucking commercial or for an Instagram post. or That shit gets old, guys. That's all I wanted to do. So that line in fucking on the Better Help thing really fucking blew my fucking mind when it all came to fruition. I'm not pushing therapy today. I'm just telling you what worked for me. And I'm telling you what I got out of therapy after a year and a half that I needed to come home. I needed to think 
the way I used to think without people saying to me, that's the wrong way to think. You shouldn't have said that. You, know, you should have said it. No, you have to say it. This guy's a fucking jerk off. These people are out of their fucking minds. So I'm happy that I came full circle with the therapy. I'm very happy that I'm at the place I'm at. I got uh, four more shows left per Dana's instructions, and then we're going to reevaluate. She gave me her number. She gave me an email if I ever run into a spot. You know, it, it just worked out great for me, and I'm, I'm apologizing because for years I came on a podcast with Lee and sometimes with Mike and sometimes with Felicia. And I didn't put down therapy, but I wasn't very optimistic about it. I think I went into it not knowing what I was going to get. I got the answer what I wanted, but I also got the whole motivation of what got me back here. I wasn't, you know, whenever I say L.A. or the Hollywood scene, I am not condemning people or the clubs or the restaurants I went to. I had some good friends in L.A. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the mindset that is L.A. when you're in the entertainment business. I learned something else last week that I want to apologize for. Listen, man, I've said some crazy shit in my time, and God knows what motivated it. God knows. You know, God knows. You know, something happened early in the day. Something happened two weeks ago. Something happened four years ago. You know, I've never been put on meds uh, to control who I am or what I am. I do take anxiety medication to help me feel better help me not fucking sweat bullets every day and it's worked along with the therapy my working out my fucking work with Mike doing movies being a parent I got it all to work for me from time to time I say shit on the podcast that I look at the initial but then I more shit happens and I don't look at you know what's that expression you won the war but you lost the battle or you you lost the battle but you won the war you know couple weeks ago I came on and I said what I felt that that Kanye West guy was he just stopped taking his fucking meds guys he either that mixed with wanting to get attention mixed with just wanting to be heard and common retardation God knows what he was saying and I I tried to just you know calm it down a little bit like and he doesn't need for me to calm it down I just try to lay it down in my terms the guy's got mental health issues you know, I noticed that all the Jewish people in California went up in arms and not one Jew in Jersey said something. You know what I'm saying? We're tough Jews down here. But Jamie Lee Curtis, her father was Spanish, her father was Jewish, and she was crying for two days, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's when I read that shit, that shit bothers me because really you were crying for two days over Kanye West's fucking, but everybody has a different fucking uh, whatever. Then I thought about I spoke to a friend of mine. Some things happened. I guess that, you know, he said stuff. And all of a sudden, last weekend in L.A., and I've heard this from a few people, that all these anti-Nazi groups and all these fucking hate groups started coming out on the 405 and the 10 and they're passing out fucking, uh, they're passing out uh, flyers in Beverly Hills, you know. You know, guys, again, I I don't know what's going on in the political arena, and I don't care. I just deal with people how they treat me on a daily basis, you know? I have a lot of Jewish friends, and I don't, the statements I made about Kanye, one of them called me, and he goes, Joey, I didn't get mad at you, but Jesus Christ, you, you, you're letting them go off with the retardation card. I go, listen, man, the world is not in good shape right now. I, 
I don't know why he made those statements, but whatever the fuck, you know, just we're going to be fine. You know, it, it doesn't fucking matter. But, you know, I learned something. I called one of my buddies from L.A. called me and I go, can you believe CAA canceled, you know, got rid of Kanye? This is like yesterday or the day before. And uh, he goes, Joey, they had to. He goes, even CAA, who's, you know, they're the, the top agency in the world. They gave him like a week. They gave him like a week. They didn't cut him when he made the first Jewish remarks. They didn't. They, they gave him like a week. They said, you know, he's off his meds or whatever. I'll tell you what made them cut him. The hate that all of a sudden arose in Beverly Hills and in California. Not California as a whole, but in Hollywood. The, the hate that came on and the freeways and the passing of flyers and people are saying shit to people. But he also told me a story about the mayoral race in L.A., that one of the guys is Jewish. I mean, it's just, and you know what I learned? I learned that now, I, listen, I sit there every night just like you guys, and I watch some sort of the news. Maybe it's like Channel 12, the local Jersey thing for the weather. And for the last year, they've been talking about the Capitol riots, right? The January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. And I'm sitting there, and right when I was... I understood uh, when I got the thing about Kanye, I was thinking about it. And I saw the thing about January 6th, and it fucking hit me. It fucking hit me like, listen, I grew up just like you guys, watching TV, watching the news, listening to, watching movies, listening to music. I never, like, I don't know. I looked up to, like, Bruce Lee and Charles Bronson. But if these guys came on Twitter or social media and said, jump off a bridge. I don't think me and my friends would have jumped off a bridge as much as we liked Bruce Lee. You know what I'm saying? Like at that age, at the age of 10 when he died, I don't think so. You know, when you're a high-profile person, i.e. Kanye, i.e. Trump, i.e. even Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is the king of this. When you say things, they're not perceived of like when Mike says something. And when I say something, the following is so big that you got to assume the following is that big that half of them are off their fucking rocker and they'll do whatever the fuck you're talking about. You know, with Kanye, I saw that he got all these people fucking fired the fuck up. Not two or three people, not Michael Rappaport or, you know, oh fucking Howard Stern. I'm talking this guy got people on the streets fired up it's you know he got people in these cities fired up at least la i'm not talking about cities plural city at least la fired up well now i understand what happened when trump when he went off on the sixth or the fifth or whatever and people went down there you know people went down there now i understand when these fucking people went after joe with the misinformation stuff because whether it was right or it was wrong, people were fucking going to do it anyway. When, when fucking Trump said to shoot bleach, remember during the pandemic, he said to drink, ble drink bleach, and like 80 fucking people turned up in emergency rooms with fucking a bottle of bleach. Hey, my fucking throat don't work no more. You're like, <laughs> what the fuck? That was just a fucking thing he said not to do it, you know, and people fucking did it. So... It, it's scary that when somebody in a high profile, like the fucking, you know, 
A lot of people don't have that. Like if Jimmy Kimmel was to say something, nobody would give a fuck. But Trump, Kanye, Rogan, you know, I'm not mad at Joe for anything. I love what Joe was doing. But I understand now why people were scared, which they shouldn't have been scared of at all. He was given the best information that he had at the time. It's just fucking weird how people, you know, Pink Floyd uh, wrote that album, Animals, as part of a book that George Orwell wrote or something like that. I have to look it up. I think Animal it's Farm. Animal Farm, George Orwell. And guys, if you listen to the lyrics to Sheep, we are falling right into what they said on the album, Animals. I had Animals on the other night. I was just making notes. I, I was writing some type of stupid joke. And I'm like, these people are saying what people today are becoming. We're either sheep, dogs, or fucking pigs. You know, when I see these politicians arguing every day, this, you know, these, why are people arguing on podcasts, guys? What are all these podcasters fighting about? This ain't Biggie fucking Tupac no more. This ain't East Coast. I don't, I, it's just the world's going to a fucked up place, but it's always great to learn and say, wow, that's why these things happen. I had, a, I had a great week this week as far as I'm concerned. I learned about two things. I learned about myself and I learned about how, yeah, you have to be a little fucking uh, careful with your words when people look at you in that. Listen, I've never had people look at me like that and I don't want people to fucking do what I say. I just throw you an idea and if it works for you, you works for you. If it doesn't, I fucking get it. I'm not, I don't know nothing about nothing. I'm a fucking ex-felon. I'm a high school fucking dropout. And I have a hard time waking up in the morning. But I did do a lot of good things with my life. And I'm really happy about that. I'm happy that I went to a therapist and I ate my words. And I'm happy that I'm here fucking drug-free, drama-free, smoking some reefer. Listen, man, I took fucking two. I haven't taken those mushrooms since the weekend. The sillies that I love. I took three of them last night and 400 milligrams of ABX edibles. Let me tell you something. I laid down last night. It was tremendous because I, I don't know if my cat knew that I was on mushrooms. I think she fucking did. These cats are geniuses <laughs> because I'm laying there last night. Now, she crawls on me this way. On me, So she's on, on my side. Usually, I pop my left hand up and I scratch her nose with it. And since she's here, I can't reach around to scratch her back. So what I do is I slide my hand down so she slides into this pocket right here at the edge of the bed, and I could scratch her, and we could both be comfortable. But she's scared. She thinks I'm going to grab her and give her a bunch of kisses. So every time she slides, she puts her fucking brakes on with the nails, and she flies on the other side, and then she'll stand and let me pet her. But if she's sleeping and I lay her and I pet her sides, her belly is so soft, the hair and shit, she loves it. And then I could scratch her neck from underneath with my long hand, and she goes fucking ape shit. Her nose leaks, she sneezes and shit. <laughs> fucking tremendous. Last night I tried to lure her in there, and she got she left. She went and got something to eat, and I'm about to fall asleep. The mushrooms are fucking kicking. I'm, I got a thousand different thoughts on my coconut. And all of a sudden, herself, she came over and slid there. I was in shock, so I got to scratch her sides, her face, whatever. And then at her fucking call, she just popped up and got on me and sat here for a little while. And I was falling asleep. And then at about one, I woke up and I had something against my fucking back. 
I'm like, I can't turn. I mean, it was right there in the wedge. I couldn't turn and shit. And I fucking look over on her. And how do you think the bitch is laying? Sideways, so I could scratch her side, but close to me. And she's, you know how many times she's done that in fucking 12 years? None. That bitch knew those fucking mushrooms were kicking because it made me think, why is she there? Why is she laying on there? It fucking baffled me till I, to, I actually had to get up, go to the bathroom. When I came back, even though the blanket was on top of her, you know, when you flip the blanket, she, she she didn't fucking move. When I put the blanket back on top of me, she stayed right there. And I'm like, this bitch knows I'm on the mushrooms. Yeah, she fucking knows. Anyway, that was our podcast for today. I learned something last week, and uh, that's what I'm excited about. Listen, we got a podcast coming on Monday. But I'm starting to shoot this movie next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So if you don't get a second one, never fear. Uncle Joey's here. I'll still be putting on the Joey Diaz Project Patreon podcast. And I'll figure something out with Mike to give you guys a podcast. I got a show in the city next Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my schedule. I'm very sorry about this, guys. But you will have the Monday morning fucking breakdown. Don't forget the show next Wednesday. And I love you motherfuckers. Have a happy Halloween. Be careful for fentanyl. When you say trick or treat, make sure you say no fentanyl with that treat, motherfucker. There's going to be a lot of fentanyl. Didn't they just get 10 pounds of fentanyl on the Mexican border or something like that? A lot of fentanyl for the holidays. Grow, give out apples. And if you fucking eat candy, make sure it comes with a number on it. You know what house it fucking came from. <laughs> Have a happy Halloween. Be safe. I love you, motherfuckers. And now for a word from my motherfucking sponsors, Jack. Alright, I want to thank you cocksuckers for uh, listening on a beautiful Thursday morning and for being patient with me. Before we leave, listen, you know I like to trim my nutsack and my dick. You know I'm a fat dude, so you gotta, you need help from every fucking angle you get. If not, your balls start smelling funny and whatnot, but that all changed because Manscaped is here to keep your little candy cane smooth or your candy corn. Candy cane is Christmas. What the fuck is wrong with me? Listen, trimming ball hair is fun. In fact, you should let your girlfriend trip your nutsack with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Got it all. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker and the Nose and Ear Trimmer. It features skin-safe technology to protect the delicate holes. Plus, they're all waterproof, so you can shave in the shower. And it has an LED light, so even if the power goes off, you can still fucking scrape your nutsack off the fucking roof. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their package. Boxes and the Shed Travel Bag. So I'm going to get you 20% off. 20 before the holidays and free shipping with code Joey at Manscaped.com. Again... That's 20% off from free shipping with code Joey at manscaped.com. Manscaped, clear out the leaves and let that fucking tree trunk shine, you cocksuckers. The show is also brought to you by Displate. Listen, they're here to add class to your fucking life and to any room in your house. They have millions of designs and they feature gaming, movies, and comics. Plus, they have designs from Star Wars, Netflix, and many more. I love it. My Bruce Lee, fucking tremendous. I'm going to rotate it. I think I got a Godfather too somewhere. Listen, it only takes 20 seconds to hang a display. No power tools needed. No damages. No frustrations. Once you mount one, you can switch it out to a new plate in a flash. With everyone that you buy, 
this plant, plants a tree. Now that's a company you could do business with. Click the link in the description to see some of my favorite displays and save up to 29%. Get 25% off when you buy one or two. Get 29% off when you buy three or more. Discounts will be automatically applied to your cart when you click the link or use Joey when you visit displate.com. Again, that's displate.com. Code Joey or click in the link notes. Just when you thought it was safe, it's time to sling dick with fucking confidence. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is an online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's a chewable tablet, all at a fraction of the cost. Take them any time on an empty stomach, full stomach. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Listen, I love Blue Chew. Why? Comes in little packages. You put them in your wallet, nobody knows nothing. You see a fucking pigeon on the pond, you put it in your little fucking water bottle and you drink it, and that's it. And guess what, the process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. Again, at bluechew.com, consult with one of the licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive the prescription within days. The best part is nobody knows nothing. No doctor's visits, no awkward conversations at the fucking pharmacy, no lying, you don't have to smell this fucking guy in front of you. Bluetooth tablets are made in the US of A and shipped in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth can help. It's time to sling dick. The holidays are coming. Everybody wants a present. Try Bluetooth for free when using promo code Joey. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's Bluetooth.com. Code Joey for your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more important safety information. And I want to thank BlueChew for sponsoring the joint along with Manscaped, BetterHelp, Displate, CBD Lion. It's been a great week. I love you, cocksuckers. Stay black, and I'll see you Monday morning. Tip-top motherfucking Magoo. We did it. <laughs>